Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. I want to minister to you today. I've got a, what I think is a good message for you. I want to encourage you. And so if you have something to take notes on, I want you to get it out right now. Let's get ready to study the word a little bit. And uh, I want to tell you a story that happened. This is a real story that happened to me. Uh, I, as Brian said, I'm from Church of the Highlands, and I've been on staff there 19 years. And my role and responsibility right now is to pastor the staff. Uh, we have 486 staff members that extend over all the different campuses that we have. And it really is an honor. And I've had the great honor to serve in so many different roles there at the church. And it's been just a ton of fun. It's been just a ton of fun. But early in the days of Highlands, we did exactly what you guys are doing. We were portable like this, except our, our room was not this beautiful. Let me just assure you. Uh, we had a green room like you guys have a green room, but it was green because of mold, not because of the color. And... Uh, but anyway, we did this setup and teardown thing. This was 20, 20 years ago, and, and uh, it was not as organized and structured like yours is. It was a little chaotic because there was nobody else that was doing this at that time. We were, we were doing it for the first time, and we had all these trailers and all this stuff, and, and I led that team for a period of time, and it was just a lot of fun. We had this box that we called Bertha. It was this really big box, and if your name's Bertha, we love you, okay? Um, <laughs> We had this really big box. It was big, had two big doors, and it was on wheels. And the guy that built it did not build it for portability. He built it like to stay in Granny's home. Uh, just he put wheels on it, so it was now heavy and portable at the same time. And in this box, we would roll it around, and it would contain different things that we were trying to not just have spill out everywhere. We again, we weren't as organized as you guys were because this was the early days, right? And um, so this birth, it was about this tall. And all of us guys that were on the setup team were standing backstage after we had done all the setup and Bertha was back behind a curtain. We didn't have this, this nice window that goes to nowhere. We had a curtain that was there and, and, and it was behind the curtain. And uh, in, this, in the ceiling, there were these rods that held scene pieces and curtains and you could raise them up and raise them down. And Bertha just happened to be sitting up under one of those rods. And me being ADD, I thought, there's, there's something I can hang on. Let's step on top of Bertha and hang on it because that's what you should do before church starts. That's probably what you should be doing. And so I got up on Bertha and I grabbed the rod and one of my buddies grabbed the crank that was on the wall and he was going, glug, 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 and it was raising the bar up. And so I dropped off because I was like, what's going on here? And then I got a little challenged again, a little bit more ADD and I grabbed the rod, the rod again, except I turned around this way. So Bert, you got to imagine Bertha's right here. I'm standing on it. I'm holding the rod and he starts cranking and I'm like, I'm not letting go this time. Let's see where this goes. And so as he's cranking, I'm going up and then I thought, I've got a gymnast move. I'm going to swing like this and I'm going to swing out and land on Bertha and this is going to be fun. So I did that. I'm swinging and I kick off. Well, when I did my feet, if this is the edge of Bertha, there was a piece of trim work that was right here. And my feet hit toes right there. That trim work broke off. And I came down on top of Bertha like this. Just like right on the ribs. Boom. And then I fell back on the floor. Boom. Now what happened was, is I got knocked unconscious just for a minute. I wake up and I'm on the floor like I'd been hit with a truck. And I'm looking around and all the guys, all my guys are standing around going, is he dead? Do we need to call, you know? 
You know, they're like poking me like, and I'm like, and the only thought I had at that moment was I'm not letting them call the ambulance because I'm not going to be the only guy that gets sent to the hospital in an ambulance from Church of the Highlands there at the school because they never let something die at Church of the Highlands. They will put you on a video and it's there forever. And so I get up and I think I did break one, one rib, but I get up when we finished the Sunday. And, and so that's the story, right? That's it. But what does that mean for us here in this room? Well, what this means for us is that, and also for those of you that are watching online, this, this means there's always going to be a time in your life where something hits you and you weren't expecting it. And when it does, it knocks the wind out of your sails and you don't know what to do and you don't know where to go. And in the moment you're disoriented. Now there's three things that happen when this takes place. And they're, they're really in levels. The first one that when something hits you and you weren't expecting it, the first thing that often happens to us is that we just get disappointed. We just get disappointed. We get like, we have unmet expectations. We thought it was going to go one way and it went another. We thought it was going to happen and then it didn't. There was just this desire in us and there it is. Now, if disappointment hangs around for any period of time, if the thing that is disappointing us is maybe bigger than we thought, or maybe it lasts longer than we did, then the second outcome from this is discouragement. Discouragement. Discouragement is that part of our lives where you can go on, but there's, there's, there's really a lack of joy in your life. You're just kind of grinding it out. You're just kind of trying to make it happen along the way. And then if that goes on for any period of time, often it can lead to depression. And we all understand these different levels because we've experienced them over the last you know, year and a half or so. Congratulations, you know, I see a lot of pretty faces and, and you know, not as many masks get to see smiles. Okay, congratulations. We're, we're stepping in the right direction. But along the way, there's been some trauma that's taken place in people's lives. And the problem is, is not that the trauma happened, although that's not good. We don't want that to happen. The problem is, is that I think a lot of times we don't know what to do with the trauma. Like, what do you do when life hits you and knocks all the wind out of you? And then you're just laying on the ground, if you will, emotionally, maybe even spiritually, and you don't want to get up. You're in pain and you don't know what to do and you don't know who to call. Well, we're going to talk about that today. Now, we don't have the ability to talk about depression because if you are depressed, that's actually a clinical thing. And, and we here uh, at Queen City, we can recommend some places that you could go if you identify with depression. And it's a real thing that we're not making, we're not making light of it. But what we do want to do is we want to talk about that middle ground, that discouragement ground. Because if that's where most of us, if that's where we are, it's probably most of us would be in that category. Because it's a little heavier. And when the unexpected happens, it leaves us with the brokenness that we call discouragement. And the decisions, I want you to hear this, the decisions we make when life brings us brokenness will determine our path, not our feelings. The decisions we make when life brings us brokenness will determine our path, not our feelings. Your feelings are great passengers, but terrible pilots. I flew on an airplane yesterday. I'm glad the guy that was doing the flying wasn't flying just by feeling. I'm glad he was flying by the decisions that he had to make. He might've had a bad day and I'm glad he didn't fly just because he had a bad day. I'm glad there was, there was a checklist. Feelings must be guided. 
Feelings can't be left on their own. You, feelings can't be just this wide swath of water that just goes wherever it wants to go because that's a swamp. My wife is from Louisiana. I know what a swamp is. And it's great for wildlife, but you don't want to live there, okay? We want borders for our feelings. And a lot of times when we have longstanding disappointment, which leads us to discouragement, our feelings just get real swampy. And so we don't want to be guided by that. We want to be guided by our decisions. So you'd say, hey, Steve, then what what the decisions should I make? And I said, that's a fabulous question. Let's talk about five of them. And when you're trying to craft a message, one of the things you do is that you try to come up with a phrase, right? There's a phrase, there's a word, there's a letter, there's something when you create a list. And I was looking for the right word, and I finally came up with the word chase. I want to give you five things that you can chase. Everybody say chase. And the reason I say chase is because it's an active word. It's not, it's not, it's not, more, it's not more passive. It's really active. I've got grandkids, and there's a lot of chase that's going on in my house, okay, when they're around, and they're around a lot. I like Chase. I got a friend who's a pastor in another city, and he says in his marital process, he says, I teach my men to chase their wives, and my wife teaches the wives to run from the men, and that creates a great marriage, and I love that analogy, right? So guys, you keep chasing, and girls, you keep running. Just don't run too fast. Just don't, don't get them scared that you're going to get away. But the chase is active. It's fun. So let's talk about chase today because discouragement is not something when I bring up the topic, y'all go, all right, let's talk about some discouragement. No, it's heavy, right? It weighs on us. We don't like it. We don't want it. And so we're going to talk about it today. Five decisions, we're, five decisions that we're going to chase. The first one is when life knocks the wind out of you, you must decide you will chase truth. This is very important. Because in the moment when I landed on Bertha, I didn't know truth. What I knew was in that moment, I knew pain. But until I had the truth of the situation, I did not know what I needed to know. Now, because there was no doctor there, I couldn't get the full extent of what was happening. And so I made a decision that was emotional. It was, I don't want to be perpetually embarrassed for the next 40 years. And so I'm getting up. They're not calling the ambulance for me. Who's the only guy that went to? No, I wasn't going to be the only guy. The only staff, no, not going to have that happen to me. We need to chase truth. The first truth you're looking for is what's the truth of the situation? When life hits you hard, a lot of times we don't see the real truth. The second truth you're chasing is what is the word of God saying about this situation? That's typically one step that we miss. Like in the middle of this pandemic, God did not stop being God. It felt like it at times. It's like, where are you and what are you doing? Listen, just because we don't sense him, we're not aware of him doesn't mean that he's not there. The Bible is not a point of reference only Okay, it's, it's, it's not just a point of reference along with the other point of references. It is the only guide for our lives. Listen, you don't take the word of God and add to it opinion and add to it circumstance and add to it this. I, we know that in order for you to find where you are, you're gonna it need to at least have three points of reference. And that's great for GPS and other things like that. But listen, for our lives as believers, the word of God is the standard by which we live. Psalms 119 verse 50. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. 
Your promise revives me and it comforts me in all my troubles. And in those moments when you don't understand the word of God, just know this. It's not always required that you understand. It's just required that we obey. And y'all heard that last week. Pastor Brian talked about that, about love and the, the power of love is found when we obey him, when we're obedient to what his commands are. Not, not because we're trying to prove that we love him, but because he first loved us. I obey because he loved me first. He picked me out of the mess and he brought me out of that. So here's the deal. I'm adjusted by truth. I am not adjusting truth. A lot of people do that. They try to adjust truth. No, no, no. We are adjusted. I'm always in the position to have truth adjusting me to adjust what I think and what I feel and what I see. I am not in the position to where I am adjusting truth because when you are the truth adjuster, that means you are the final truth. And I like you a lot, but I don't trust you to be the final truth. And I don't trust me to be the final truth either, right? I don't think none of us qualify for the job. God qualifies. He sent us his word. Kind of get a better amen in this place. And in discouraging times, what you have to do is you got to pause. And you need to probably talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. Y'all missed that. Y'all didn't get that. That was really special. In the times when discouragement happens, you need to talk to yourself more than you listen. Because when I'm in a tough time, what I'm listening to me say from the inside is not good. Yesterday, my wife and I were trying to make an airplane and they closed the interstate. I couldn't get to the airport. I sat on the interstate for about an hour and 20 minutes, had no idea why it was closed. I had had margin in my life and I missed the flight. Can I tell you that I was not a great Christian in that car yesterday? Can I just confess? Confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation. I want you to know that I have repented. I have prayed. I have confessed my sin before God. But I was, I was a mixed up character. But here's the problem. I was listening to myself talk. I was not talking to myself. You'll get that this afternoon when you have some P.F. Chang's or whatever you're going to do. Number one thing, you're going to chase truth. Number two, you're going to chase joy. I will chase joy. Everybody say chase joy. Once I've established what truth is, now I'm going to start chasing joy. James 1, 2 says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I mean, think about that. We've had so many opportunities over the last almost two years now to have troubles of so many kinds and what's going to happen. And what it says is consider it an opportunity for great joy. What I want you to see is that you're going to have to take joy and you're going to have to uncouple it from your circumstances. Don't let joy be on the train of your circumstances. Let joy be the engine of your circumstances. And the way that we do that is that we understand that joy is not tied to happiness. Joy is tied to God. It's actually the fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And so joy can be present in our lives even when there's sadness. I've got a friend named Michael Graydon right now in Birmingham, Alabama. He and his wife, Haley, have two beautiful daughters. Their second daughter was born, had a kidney issue, spent months and months and months in the hospital, ultimately had to have surgery. Uh, her grandmother gave her, a kid, her one of her kidneys, and so she's been doing super. And I mean, this family has walked through hell and back. And it was just about two months ago that he, Michael, the dad, was diagnosed with brain cancer. 
And so now the doctor says, at an outside, you've got five years to live. And Michael has zero reason to choose joy right now. But let me tell you what Michael's doing. He's choosing joy. He's living with joy. He's living with anticipation. He's believing God for a miracle and he's preparing if, what if it doesn't happen? And Michael and I play golf several times. And let me just tell you how much joy he's choosing. It's like when we're standing on the green and getting ready to putt a putt, he says like, you're gonna give that to me, right? And I'm like, no. And he says, but I have brain cancer. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, you can have the putt. (laughs) Hole in ones for everybody, right? I mean, come on, what do you say to that? Now, here's here's what you need to know is that he's not flippant. He's just choosing joy. What, what else is he going to do? Is he going to sit in his house and be miserable? Because it wasn't very far after that statement that he made with me on the green that we're walking to the car. And he said, hey, Steve, he said, if I don't make it, I said, he said, I want you to help me take care of my girls. Listen, you got to choose joy. Don't wait on your circumstances to find joy. Choose joy. Joy can coexist with sadness, with pain, with loss. Joy is a spiritual force. It is not happiness. Happiness is based on happenings. I hope you have lots of it. But if you don't, choose, chase joy. Everybody say chase joy. So we're going to chase truth. We're going to chase joy. Notice it's a chase because sometimes joy is fleet. It's, it's, it's not like right here laying. You're not going to trip over joy. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to go get it. The third thing I want you to chase And this is really important, especially in this season. And I need you to chase relationships, chase relationships. Now, some of you are single and you're like, I'm all over that. All right. (laughs) So if we can help you there, praise the Lord. But what I need you to know is that when life hits you hard and there's the wind's been knocked out of you and you find your place in this, in a place of discouragement, you need to know that you're not going to heal by yourself. You need to be with people. You need to be in a community. And so my encouragement to you is right now we're in a a summer small group semester. And the great thing about the summer small groups here at Queen City Church is that they're not necessarily based on curriculum. They're really relationally connected. And so even if uh, you've missed a couple weeks, you can still jump in one, get to know some people because you're gonna need somebody. When life knocks the wind out of your sails, you're gonna need somebody to help you. And here's the thing that relationships provide for me. Let me just tell you what they provide for me. They provide perspective and resources. Perspective. I, I need to, when I'm down, I'm talking to somebody and they're giving, say, hey, here's another perspective. My wife tried it a couple of times in the car on the interstate. I wasn't in a receptive mood at the moment. She's like, can I make a suggestion? And I was like, what? <laughs> Unless it's a helicopter, I don't want to hear about it. You know, it was like one of those tense moments, but. Relationships help provide us with perspective. It, here's another way to see that. Here's another way to look at it. And, and you have to be willing to accept it. She was right. She was presenting good information. I was just in the middle of my pain at the moment. And I needed that. I needed that voice. And we need that voice in our lives. You need people in your lives. And notice, you also need resources. I love the phrase, I got a guy. I love that phrase. When you say, hey, a tree fell on my house and somebody goes, I got a guy. I just, I love that. My car's broken and somebody says, I got a guy. I, that's resources. I wanna be that dude that you present a problem and I go, I got a guy. I just think it's fabulous. 
You don't have it without relationships. You don't get guys or girls without relationships. You need a relationship with somebody who knows something that you don't know. And it's better in life to be a person who goes, you know, I don't know everything, but I know people that do know everything. I'm not trying to be the smartest guy in the room. I'm trying to be the guy that knows the smartest people in the room because relationships are going to help us. Listen, I want you to weep when it's difficult. Weep. I want you to confess when it's, when you've been filled with sin. I want you to confess. I want you to celebrate when things are good, when, when it's time to mourn. I want you to mourn. Just don't do any of those alone. Don't do it alone. Be with people. Get involved. Don't do life alone. Chase relationships. And it is a chase because two things have to happen for us to build great relationships. The first is I got to learn to be a healthy me. And then I've got to find some healthy use. And that just doesn't take, I mean, that just doesn't happen quickly all the time, but chase it, like be committed to the chasing of it. Like seriously, if there's somebody you need to call or to text or to go by and see, do it today, do it tomorrow. Don't let time pass without building on that relationship. When you're by yourself, you're always clouded. It's just always, a, it's like staring right here because those brilliant lights would show every feature of mine that's necessarily an old man. Okay, just, it's, I can't see clearly, right? So we, we need to see clearly relationships help us with that. Number three, I'm a chase service. Or number four, I'm a chase service. Discouragement steals our energy to serve. It gets us to the place that we don't want to be involved in anything. I don't want to go. Have you ever been, been maybe you get in a fight with your spouse and you're headed somewhere to a party or to an event and because something bad happened, you're like, I don't want to go anymore. Why, why is that? Because that's when discouragement hits us, it steals our energy to be connected. And one of those things that it does for us is it steals our energy to serve. Listen, we need to pull back. When life hits you, boom, something happens. Yeah, there's a moment where you got to pull back. You got to get your breath. But it's the danger when we pull back and then we never engage. We've seen it happen in church all over America because people have treated church like the gym. You know, once you stop going to the gym, it's just easy to go. I, I got a membership. But yeah, but do you go? Well, no, I don't go, but I have a membership. Well, paying that membership doesn't do anything for you. I am an example right now. I tithe to our local gym. That's what I do. Um, but once, once, once you've been hit, you pull back, you rest, you reflect, and then you've got to get going again. Everybody say, get going. Okay. There are going to be times when discouragement hits that you want to quit. Okay. You want to stop. Hebrews 12 Verse one, which is the second part of verse one and verse two, it says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Okay, everybody in this room and everybody on watching on camera, you have a race that's been marked out for you by God. Every person under the sound of my voice, there is a race that's been marked out for you by God. And Hebrews tells us, run that race. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We gotta take our eyes off of our discouragement and put our eyes on Jesus and chase service the champion who, in, who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. 
When you don't want to chase service, when you don't want to because you're hurting, you're just gonna have to be super intentional. It's not necessarily easy, just be intentional. You're gonna have to be decided. So, so like, what are you gonna do this afternoon? Seriously, We're gonna, I'm gonna give you one more thing, but what are you gonna do this afternoon? You gotta do it, you gotta be intentional. What are you gonna do tomorrow? Who are you gonna call? Who are you gonna connect with? What group are you gonna join? Okay, serving, get back on a team. Maybe I'm talking to somebody you've been on a team here at Queen City, get back on the team. They need you, we, we, we got stuff to do. There's people to reach. We got a city, there's a city out there that we have to connect to. Jump in, we've got uh, July 10th, we got Serve Day coming up where we can go out into this city and do some great projects in the name of Jesus. We're not only gonna give a cup of cold water to somebody, but we're gonna give them the name of Jesus. We're gonna make a difference. You gotta get, you gotta get re-energized. And you're not gonna get re-energized by sitting there and going, well, I'm gonna wait till I feel it. No, you're not gonna feel it, so let's just do it. Let's just do it, okay? And then here's the last thing. Here's the last point, point five. I will chase faith. I will chase faith. Now, this is different because it's, it's, it's not in our normal vocabulary. Faith is something that defies our circumstances. It does not deny our circumstances. It defies the circumstances. Okay? And the pursuing of Jesus is what builds our faith. That's where faith comes from. And the Bible talks about there's a woman who had an issue of blood. There was some bleeding disorder that she had. And the Bible says her story was that she tried everything possible. She went to every physician that she could find. She talked to every person that she could talk to. We don't know uh, how long it was, but the Bible describes it was a long time. But yet when Jesus came to town, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be changed. And I don't know about anybody else in this room, but I know that I need to do that. And I would bet that you need to do that. We all need to, to reach out to him. And I want to say this to somebody. Some of you, you've been chasing. Don't give up. I don't know who I'm talking to here, but you've, you've been seeking. Don't give up. You've been, you've been praying about something and the enemy is just saying, just forget that. And I'm just saying, don't give up. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe it's a, an emotional issue. And I want you to know, don't give up. Chase faith. Like pursue him every day. Just, just the worship that we did here this morning together, you can do that at home. Matter of fact, I want to encourage you to do that at home. You may not have the screen in the band, but you've got a little device that'll play some music. And even if you don't have a device, then just sing. But you gotta chase. The Bible says in Romans 1, verse 17, it says, this good news tells us how God made us right in his sight. This is, an, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Everybody say start to finish. This whole thing is, is, is hinged on faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. You got to chase it. You just got to chase Jesus. Just, just decide every day I'm going to run after Jesus. I'm going to find him in his word. I'm going to find him in prayer and I'm going to find him in worship. And I'm going to find him when I connect with his people. And you'll listen, you'll find faith that you never imagined that you can have. Listen, life's going to hit you. It's gonna hit you. It's got something. It's just 
the nature. Jesus even said, in this life, you'll have tribulation. But he said, take heart, I've overcome the world. So can I pray for you? If you would, close your eyes or bow your heads or whatever it would just be to kind of forget that we're in a big room. And here's what I want us to do. If you're in this room today and something has hit you, something attacked you, something happened, and you have felt overwhelmed by it, I wanna pray for you. And if you'd be willing to share with me by the simple raising of the hand, if you'd say, Steve, I want you to agree with me in prayer about one of those issues, just simply put your hand up and put it right back down. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Thank you so much, okay. Just, you can put them down. Father, I just pray for every person in this room that has been hit by something that's difficult. And God, I ask that you would help them recognize that thing didn't come from you. Recognize that you are there with them in the middle of it. That there are people that want to help them with it. And Father, that you are powerful enough to change it. And no matter how desperate the circumstances are, you're still God. And Lord, I thank you for giving them perspective and healing and restoration and finances. And Lord, I think a way out, whatever that is, whatever they need. Maybe it may be simpler than we thought. It may be much more difficult, but God, thank you that you're there. You're gonna lead them in paths of righteousness. And then I wanna pray just one more prayer. And that is for anybody in this room who would say, Steve, you've talked about this, but I don't have that faith relationship with Jesus. I know who he is. I know his name, but we're not in relationship. And you can have that same relationship with him as many of these people in this room or online have. It's just gonna take a prayer, a willing heart to say, God, I need you. And in just a second, I want you to lift your hand. If that would be a prayer you would like to pray, to ask Jesus into your heart, to say, come be with me. If that would be a prayer that you wanna pray, I'm gonna count to three and I just want you to raise your hand and we're gonna pray together. You don't have to stand, we're not gonna invite you anywhere, just we're gonna pray. Say, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I need that relationship. One, two, three. Just lift it up and put it right back down. Anybody in this room, thank you. Thank you, that's good. Father, I just pray for each person in this room. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for what you mean. And Lord, for each person that wanted a relationship with you, I ask in Jesus' name, say this with me in your heart. Say, Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Today, I invite you into my life. Change me. Make me brand new, never the same. And Father, I pray for each one of those people. And Lord, I ask that you, as they've begun the most wonderful journey of all, Lord, thank you that you're gonna walk with them. And we commit to be family if that's what they want. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Could you put your hands together and celebrate those that prayed that prayer? Come on. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. 
For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 